Welcome to the Unconventional Path, Secrets to an Igniting Your Business with Bela and Mike mini-episode. These mini-episodes will be released every other week to supplement our full episodes where we interview guests. In these mini-episodes, we'll discuss a topic of general interest, we hope, to our listeners and answer listener questions. These mini-episodes will typically be 5 to 10 minutes in length. So if you want your question answered on the air, please send it to us at bela.and.mike at gmail.com. As always, we appreciate your comments and suggestions, and we hope you enjoy these mini-episodes. Today's topic is trying something new or taking a risk. So, Mike, when you talk to your students, how do you frame the notion of uh, taking risk and trying something new? Good question, Bela. I try to have students look at this two ways. The first is that I call the normal way. Okay, you try something. There's a probability that you succeed, a probability that you fail. What are the benefits if you succeed and what are the costs if you fail? And that's a, kind of a typical notion. It, it becomes interesting, especially in my situation where you treat, teach across cultures because different cultures value failure differently. I found in the U.S. that failure is much more accepted than it is, say, here in Germany, um, where the social stigma on failure is, is greater. Uh, I have a lot of students uh, from Latin America and, again, a lot of the countries that they live in, the, the risk of failure or the, the stigma attached to failing is, is pretty high. There's a lot of pressure to succeed. Um, so I think that that's a traditional way to deal with it. But then I talk to them about the risk of not trying something. And what are the benefits and the costs if you don't do something? And a neat way to think about this is kind of um, how companies get disrupted, right? So if you look at coffee, for instance, um, Maxwell House in the U.S. was the dominant seller of coffee um, in the pre-Starbucks era. Why didn't Maxwell House decide to open cafes where you were served Maxwell House coffee and could hang out in a comfortable couch and listen to music and look trendy, right? Um, why did Starbucks able to do this? And I'm, I have no doubt that it, Maxwell House, they talked about this when Starbucks burst onto the scene. I'm sure they said, oh, should we open cafes? And they decided not to do it. And of course, it seemed risky at the time to go into a different business, cafes, from selling ground coffee in grocery stores. But the bigger risk was not entering that market. So students start to think about this. Ah, okay, I see this. I have these two types of risk, the risk of doing something and the risk of not doing something. And I think that that's a, if you frame it that way, it starts to generate a lot of interesting conversation um, between people and even within one's own head when they're trying to decide whether to do something, to, to, to try something new or not. How do you talk to your students about it, Bela? So, so Mike, I think this, the way you frame that, the notion of what's the risk of not trying something new is really, really critical and key here. One of the things that I talk about uh, with students is, you know, everything we have in this world, uh, think of anything like the wheel, for example, the car, they're all a result of someone willing to try something new and taking that risk. If people are not willing to try new things, you have a stagnant society. Nothing changes. And so if, if we as a, an Earth, a planet Earth with human beings on it are going to make progress and, and we're going to keep going, we have to try new things. 
So I think it's really about this opportunity cost of not trying new things is the real key question to, to ask yourself here. And we in America and in many parts of the developed world live in a place where there's a pretty darn good safety net. Uh, as Darren Janelle, one of our uh, long-form uh, podcast interviewees, said in his podcast, when I asked him about risk, he said, look, you're not going to starve to death. And and that's very true in, in sort of the developed part of the world. The risk in other parts of the world and other cultures is different. And I think that's a whole interesting topic that maybe at some point we should uh, have some other guests on to talk about, because I, I think that deserves some attention. Um but I think this notion of uh, not trying is really the right question to ask. Good point, Bela. I think that's a neat way to frame it. How do you, when you're looking at this from your venture capitalist hat and in your world of startups and things like this, um, how does that translate over? Well, look, as a VC, it's all about taking risk. And, and when I teach my course in private equity, I think one of the big uh, challenges in managing a private equity fund or a VC fund is this notion of managing your risk and knowing that if you're in a seed stage VC fund, probably half the investments you make are going to turn out to be zeros. They're not going to be successful. So VCs and private equity folks really understand and study risk. And, and they, you know, try to look at the sort of three broad categories of risk one can think about in sort of the VC space. Uh, one is technology or product risk. Uh, is the darn thing going to work? Another one is market risk. Is there a market opportunity for it? And the third is sort of uh, execution risk. Is there a team in place uh, that will be able to execute and deliver on this? And actually, there's a fourth, um, and that's finance risk. Do you have sufficient capital to be able to be successful? And you think about those risks, and you got to figure out how to manage them. And there's some VC funds that that are more risk-taking than others, just like some individuals are more risk-taking than others. Um, so I think that's another way of framing it, is, is across those parameters. Interesting. I like it. Good. All right. So why don't we wrap this uh, mini episode up, Mike? I think that's a good idea. All right. So thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this mini episode. This podcast is produced for Mike and I by our friends at Busy Media of Schenectady, New York. They can be found at busymedia.co.